Hello and welcome back to a new edition, a new episode of the Holtcast. As usual, I'm your host, James Rushton, and joining me to talk all things Aston Villa this week is, uh, of course, Daniel Raza. How are you getting on? Good news today, right? Yeah, Jack Green has just signed a five-year contract. Uh, yeah, I don't... <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's extremely loyal, isn't he? Incredibly yeah, I loyal. mean, we were expecting this. It's not like this was unexpected. Like at some point he would have signed a new deal. So it's good news. Don't get me wrong. It's excellent news. But come on, there's no way he signed this deal if it actually forces him to stay at Aston Villa for the full duration. There is a release cause in there and it's not it's not going to be that big, is it? Do you know do you know when you see like one of your mates like with a much more attractive partner than them? That's what this is. Like how how on earth uh have they uh, has he committed to Villa for five years uh, when he knows he's got all these offers coming in from other clubs? Now, yeah, I mean, Jake, hmm, it is hard. It's difficult. I'm just giving that side of it, first of all. On the surface, on the surface, that's what this is. This is, on the surface, a Premier League standard player signing a five-year contract with a championship club. Uh, if we look at it logically, it can't have the same sort of connotations than it would if we were doing better, if you get what I'm saying. There's no way that this is a five-year contract with the intent of him staying for five years, especially not uh, you know, the, the way that we're going at the moment. It's quite incredible because, um, I mean, there's rumours that we don't know how much he's getting paid, but this would double his wages to, I, I assume, making one of Villa's highest earners. Not Yannick Balassi high, 80k a week high. Mm. It's still a fair, fair whack of, of wages in the championship where most teams are paying what Jack Grealish is on before he's on this deal. So, um, yeah, how we how does this fit in with FFP at all? I mean, we've already blew it, haven't we? I <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess so. If Birmingham got punished the way that they did, we're going to get punished badly as well. I, I don't sure. understand how this is happening, to be honest, because we were going to get caned by FFP and now we've brought in Yannick Balassi on 80 grand a week and we've... Uh, Increase Jack Grealish's wages. <laughs> you know what? As much as much as much as I I respect and absolutely trust our new owners, absolutely do. By the way, um, <laughs> I'm kind of missing these these weekly updates from Tony's ear now because now now I don't think I have a, the foggiest what's going on with anything. It's quite crazy, isn't it? Um, what we do know has happened is the results, mate. Um, Shall we go back to the usual content of breaking down these Villa results? I think we spoke about... We don't know anything about this Jack Grealish contract, but he's clearly going to leave for about 30 pence. I don't, I don't really want to talk about results. Podcast over. I had the fortune of doing the the Villa View fan cams on the preview DNI this week. Yeah, you did. It's not yeah. been great. <laughs> it's not been great. No, 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 listen, James, you, 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 were, you were legitimately a good presenter. Thank you very much, Daniel. That means a lot coming from you. Holtcast listeners might not, might not know that. but um, That's true. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, you, no, you, if, you want, if you want to see James, James presenting on camera, 100%, you got to check it out. Like, he's, um, he, did, he did very well for himself. And uh, I think it's nice to see, it's nice to see uh, different, different Villa fan projects collaborating, as always. Yeah, um, there'll be more of that as well in a big way. 
uh, very soon. We'll talk about it when the time comes, but there is, there is something in the works, mate. I'll talk to you afterwards. Sure. Um, but yeah, results, mate. First, we we come off the back of that Blackburn draw and beat Rotherham. Yeah, then we two 0 and you know good Yannick Blassi scored. He looked good. Tammy Abraham looked good. Grealish looked good. Everything was working. Yeah, and I mean we'll talk about that before we talk about what happened on the weekend. But how good was it to get that win <laughs> on the weekend? I the needed week. it. They absolutely needed it. But it's just another. It's another one of those where you know it should be. We should be beating them. Absolutely, we should be beating them. And it was good to see Tammy Abraham obviously on the score sheet. Yeah, I think he looked frustrated in the game beforehand. He looked good. He yeah, was damn good in that game. I know he was. He he. he didn't, it didn't work for him at Blackburn, but uh, against Rotherham, he he commanded it. He bossed it. He is a legitimate. Years old, mate. Yeah, he's a legitimate. He's a legitimate championship twenty goal a season striker. You know, make no doubt about it. He's got he's got all the attributes. Uh, he's he's a tremendous finisher. His positional play is is is. I, th- I think fantastic as well, and he's he's got he's got the pace and the power as well. We know that, you know, but th- th- those are always secondary attributes. It's just it's it's a plus for him to have um, at such a young age. But a hundred percent, his positional awareness is fantastic. And Janet Balassi, mate, he come on with such confidence. It was dripping off him, dripping off him. Dripping. He was gene up the crowd, really gunning for it. I've never seen a player take to Villa Villa Park like that. It was just dripping in sauce, man. He was, he was <laughs> yeah. great. Uh, you know, he's 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 a he's a thirty million pound player in his own right. That's what he believes. That's what that's what it says officially if you look at transfer market. And he knows it, and he's going to obviously push for that. Yeah, I, I don't think he's the kind of player who's going to come down to the championship at a level below where he believes he should be playing. In fact, far below where he believes he should be playing. And I don't expect him coming down to the championship and and, and not messing. Uh, I mean, sorry, and messing around. He is going to come down and obviously do the business, which is why it's confusing to me that he can't win a start at the moment. Um, but but beyond that, yes, he looked fantastic coming on as a substitute. And, uh, and I think it's it's good to see that kind of um, seasoned Premier League uh, winger kind of playing for us. We, we needed that last season in Robbie Snodgrass. Palassi, very different player now, but I think could have a similar effect. Now, I'm very happy with how he's took to life at Aston Villa, especially. And I mean, the two 0 was good. I was pretty happy with it, to be fair. But were you expecting us to like hammer Rotherham, or is that a fair result? Two 0 No, no, I, I wasn't expecting a, a hammering. We we should be we should be hammering them really. But uh, Bruce quite clearly went back to the you know idea of let's try you know a new defense and and I mean, I'm sorry you know he went back to his idea of of, of trying the the unbalanced defense that he loves. He was kind of playing. I think he was trying to get along the lines of, oh, it's a midweek fixture. We're going to change things up a little bit. Uh, let's see if it works this time kind of thing. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I don't think he did play our best team against Rotherham. So I'm not, I'm not surprised that, you know, just scoring two goals. Yeah, I think we, we take the win and we move on. And I think it was, you know, I said so much that it was something to build on. And look forward to, and I guess we'll move on to that Sheffield Wednesday result on the weekend now, which was so, it was so disappointing in so many ways, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. So first of all, the team sheet that makes you that... first of all, first of all, before we get to that, I forgot something really big. It's what oh. Bruce said after winning against Rotherham. Oh <laughs> yeah, because that oh, is that is a full oh, context, gosh. isn't it? That that is a full context of this Sheffield Wednesday game. No, one hundred percent. He was hyping up 
and I guess lashing out and saying all this and that and that he knows what he's doing, fair enough, but you've got to deliver in the next you have exactly. you set yourself up for such a big fall and Villa foul. So without further ado, man, you carry on. No, well, this is the thing. Like, you know, if if people were saying, you know, Bruce, Bruce shouldn't be attacking the fans like that, he shouldn't be getting cocky like that. Look, I haven't got a problem with managers who do that. I have not got a problem with managers who back themselves after a game. But as you say, they ha- you have to deliver in the next game. But we went straight back out against Sheffield Wednesday and performed like we had been doing all season. We bottled it. We bottled it. We scored perhaps the Champions League Championship goal of the season with John McGinn and still managed to lose. That is the most Aston Villa thing ever. It's ever. bad, isn't it? It, it is bad. bad because you know it was it was him backing himself again. I mean, it, I, I mean, I laughed. I laughed when the team sheet came out because just because we got that two 0 win over Rotherham, just because we got that, Steve Bruce put out the makeshift unbalanced defense again against Sheffield Wednesday because his thinking will have been we beat Rotherham with it. There's no problem starting. You know, was, there's no problem starting with it again. As we saw, you know, defensively again, we were a shambles. Nyland again, didn't look confident at all. Um, and why would you be in front of that defence? Jedinak, in all fairness to him, had a good game. I'll, I'll give him that. It was okay. Game, he? He's kind yeah. of getting there. Bit too late, but he's getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still unbalanced, though. There's still no chemistry there whatsoever. And then that midfield looked a bit weird to me to, to, to start with, but I, I don't have a problem with it. I guess Hurahan, McGinn and Grealish, I mean, all of those players are important. Adoma as well is important, but you know we dropped Al Ghazi again. Why? Balassi didn't play until late on. Why? I, I I'm just I'm just perplexed that we've got all these fantastic players on our bench, and Steve Bruce doesn't seem to think that they're capable of getting us results. Well, I'm sorry, right? But look at Jack Grealish. Look at Adoma. Look at some of the other lads on the pitch. They're supposed to be doing the business. They haven't done it so far this season. So why not play the lads who have been delivering? That's all I'm going to say. It's just been... I don't know why we're not playing that team, not putting the best foot forward. And the tinkering, it's like the weird tinkering. It's like he stays with the same thing and then we get Abraham, so he goes two up top, fair enough. And then he keeps with it, but makes everything else kind of so unbalanced. No, but the thing was, it wasn't two up top, was it? Because Kodja was all the way out on the left wing for the whole game. Yeah, it's, I could swear he was. It, it doesn't make any sense because he puts Grealish out left. And fair enough, right? Fair enough. It's not his best position, but he's played there. But then Kodja kind of swings about, you know, in be- in between, in front, on the left. There's, doesn't seem to be any kind of sense to it. And it, I don't know what's happening, mate, really, with Villa. Because you see the same mistakes week in and week out in terms of the team. And it's not that the players are bad or not. maybe that they're not listening. It's that there's so much just lack of cohesion between all three parts. Jonathan Codger, I'm not quite sure where he fits into everything right now. I, I'm not quite sure Bruce knows what he's doing with him. Like, the guy is supposed to be an out-and-out striker, and I feel like if we played him up top with Abraham and we just made it simple, I, I, I feel like he'd perform far better than he has done. Um, I, don't, I don't get this obsession with playing him on the left wing. I, 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 feel, like, I feel like we're looking at him we're looking at uh, we're looking at Jonathan Codger saying this guy can dribble, uh, yeah, and he's a little bit fast. So let's stick him out on the left. 
he's never that. he's never been the kind of player that's going to whip a ball in or or set somebody up for for a good goal. What we've got over here is uh, is 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 a is a partnership made in heaven. I think it's just not working out. We're still we're just not using them together properly. It just seems to be the further adventures of like dumb fuck FC, just completely adrift. And you know, people say it's not bad, and no 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 bones about it. Villa aren't really in a crisis. It's just boring. Like there's, this, this isn't going to be a crisis. This is going to be a strawing loads and not being the team. And maybe, maybe it will evolve into a crisis down the line. But right now, there's no, there's not much reason to panic, is there? It's just boring and annoying and frustrating. That's what it is. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried. I'm not. I just, it's just like, it, it, it's just seeing the team and not be, not getting excited because, um. We've got all these great players. We've got all these like players who are capable of of, of 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 thrashing sides. Quite quite honestly, if this was any other club and you saw this squad, you'd think right they're going to walk the championship. Uh, and I'm just I'm just upset really that 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 we're not playing to our potential. And I don't know why. I feel like I feel like we're waiting for this sort of revival that's going to happen halfway through the season under Steve Bruce. And I'm I'm not sure that 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 is going to happen uh, necessarily. Uh, I don't know. If I can put my finger on anything other than than management at the moment, I'm not sure if I can. I'm not sure if I can blame anything other than than the negative tactics. But it certainly is starting to play a lot like a side that doesn't believe in itself. Um, for a side full of players who uh, seem well, I think this. I, I'm not saying we're a side full of egos, but we're clearly we clearly have a lot of players who who believe they should be. Playing at a at a at a higher level, um, unfortunately, it doesn't seem to show on the pitch. It did seem that the best thing to happen to Villa in the game against Sheffield Wednesday was to go a goal down, because they really geared up and went at Sheffield Wednesday. And of course, John McGinn scored his wonder goal. We'll come on to that definitely because I want to speak about that at length uh, if we can. Mm-hmm. But um, the best thing that seemed to happen was to go a goal beyond because they they got going and played good football. And then they got hit. They got punched in the stomach. They got sucker punched because they were pushing so hard by Sheffield Wednesday. They got sucker punched, and we went two one down. And it's it's just gotten to see yeah. Villa, you know, not get rewarded for doing the right thing. And they do what... the right thing, and they fall back in their shell. But you know what would help? Um, you know what would help uh, us on the counter attack? I mean, what would help us? You know, not getting not getting smacked on the counter attack. What would? Comfortable defenders. <laughs> A balanced defense. I mean, it's, it's not rocket science, is it? It really isn't rocket science. I well, um, at this point, it actually is at this point, Danny. Like it, it is rocket science at this point because it, we're not doing it. I don't understand. Time and time again, we're getting punished for bad defending. Time and time again, you know. From I mean, we, we, we're talking about a side that was supposed to be the most solid defensive side in championship championship last season. I'm pretty sure we were anyway, right? And I don't want to hear any of this rubbish that taking John Terry out of the equation is is going to absolutely, you know absolutely destroy the defense it's just that you know it's just it's just not on really what's 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 going on at the moment we've got specialists left backs in neil taylor um and, and nobody else to be honest um but we've got a specialist left back in neil taylor we've got chester and tanzibi who performed well with each other at blackburn and we've got a hundred right backs so why is it so difficult to play a team of uh players who are comfortable in their position. Why do we need to 
stretch them even even further. So, you know, at this point where we've already got so much pressure on us, we've already got so much of a challenge to get this team playing. Why are we giving them something even more to think about by, you know, having them question what the heck they're doing uh, playing in a position that they're, that, that, that they're not used to? It's just it's completely baffling. As usual, you are pretty much bang on there. It is. It was very frustrating. I mean, I come away from this result feeling positive, I guess, because of the one thing that happened, John McGinn's goal. But you know, speaking in the direct a- aftermath of it, as we do, it just feel it, one word for it is deflating because you got the optimism again. Steve Bruce lashing out, fighting. Yeah, he criticised people. Yeah, he made people feel a bit shit. But he's, you know, the spirit was there, and it's all there, and it's all coming together again. We're going to go on a run, then we lose. already a lot of the quotes as well were just were just baffling throughout it you know uh stuff like um uh, yeah actually i've I've got two for you pre-match and i don't i really don't want this to turn into steve bruce criticism but you know this is a fan podcast and we have to put out the views of fans we need to we need to obviously talk about these kinds of things um as much as we want to we want to we want to support the club before the game talking about forestieri you know, being oh, one of our main threats. Sake. Wait, I'll tell no, but I'll t- I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I mean, I'm, to most people, to most people, you look at it and you go, ha ha ha, this is stupid. Um, you know, why why would you why would you say that when he's not even playing? That, look, the, my my problem over here is is to do with this, right? He so he mentions that Forestieri is one of Sheffield Wednesday's threats. So you're telling me that you have been coaching the side all week to deal with an attacking threat. Which who who isn't even available to play the game. That tells me, you know, firstly that um, they've got absolutely well that, that that there's not enough attention being paid to this defense, which um, which 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 we're seemingly piecing together and which we're we're seemingly trying to trying to coach into a cohesive unit. We're, we're so we're we're not we're not. We're we're not like learning. We're not doing our uh, our our homework on on the on the opposition. That to me is absolutely uh, ignorant. You know, it's ignorant. You know how how can you line up against the side not knowing what their threat is? Do you think that if uh, Chelsea played against Manchester United tomorrow, that Maurizio Sarri hasn't done his homework on on Romelu Lukaku? Absolutely well, no chance. Or has he employed someone who has done the homework for him? which is what coaches are for and scouts are for. You know, the fact that he hasn't got that information is baffling. And the fact that he, he mentioned it, because a lot of people said, oh, he, he did say if Forestieri was uh, was fit, then he, he's a big threat. But the fact is, you should know that he would not be even in the equation to even mention, because Sheffield Wednesday have other threats, namely Bar- Barry Bannon, <laughs> for one. And of course, Luca Jar didn't play, he was on the bench, come on, subbed on. Adam Reach, there's plenty of people to mention other than the one person who's not playing. The one person. Come on. It's a bit of a joke. It is a joke. And especially because, you know, he has a lot of work to do now and it's not just with Aston Villa, it's with the fan base that is is trickling against him. It is slowly, slowly, slowly turning fully against him because the Bruce out comments are getting louder. The boos at the stadium at home are getting louder. Bruce out comments are getting louder. It's simple things, though, isn't it? It's simple things, you know. Yeah, I, I even I can get I can get a, a report on a player. I can get a, I can get a scout report, a football manager. Don't mention him. Do not mention Fernando Forestieri because he's not playing. Because he's not fucking playing. That's all you have to do. 
You don't even have to do the scouting because all you have to do is not mention him. That's it. Right. Okay. So there's that. Post game. Why are you talking about the team will get better in time when you know it's a landmark hundredth game? That is just inviting pressure. I'm I'm not saying that Steve Bruce doesn't have the right to defend himself over here. He 100% does. He's done some fantastic things with the club and he has to be uh, applauded for, for certain things, for certain positives that he has brought. But when you are under pressure from the fan base and you know that the fan base aren't happy, just, you know, think before you speak. That's all it mm. is. That's all it is. You know, don't don't you don't you don't want to be inviting more more pressure on him. Yeah, because a lot of people have taken the comments he said after Rotherham when he said the mad few there's a you know a mad few and the intelligent ones know what we're doing. You know, I know in his heart of hearts he's not gonna he's not gonna have meant it like it come out at all. But the fact is it's there eternally in print now that he said that and people have got a bit, you know, on edge about it. Of course they would have. And this it's you know the Forestieri mistake is—it's a mistake, you know. It's human, but he's not the type of person that wants to be making that mistake. Not in a position he seems to be in. Not when you're criticised for not being modern enough. When that's the, when that's the main criticism that people have against you, you don't come out and and say something like that because we all know that clubs have scouts. We all know that clubs analyse players. You know, certain clubs have football analysis. You know, data scouts uh, in their system. You know, don't 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 give people the impression that you're just throwing your players onto the pitch and 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 hoping for the best. I think we'll wrap up that Sheffield Wednesday thing now with uh, a bit of talk about that goal mm. because that John McGinn goal, you know, that is it's inter- it's eternal. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's probably the one of the best. It's probably the best goal I've ever seen in person. Probably the best goal I've ever seen at a football game I was watching. Yeah, whether it be on TV or live, it was hit so sweet, wasn't it? It was, it yeah, was I mean, a lot of people say, oh, it's off the shit, it's off the ankle bone. But, okay. mate, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't care. It didn't look... The, the thing I'm so annoyed about is, from where I sat, or stood, in the whole end, it didn't look as good as it looks from that, you know, that one angle where it's behind and you can see it curving. Yeah. yeah that is yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. That really... That goal really is something and I'm so grateful it, it happened to Aston Villa. It looked like a FIFA Street game breaker. You know, yeah. you know, you, you, know <laughs> yes. like a, you know, like a guided missile. Like he hit that ball, he hit that ball uh, with with such power, and the ball already knew exactly where it was going. It was it was it was essentially already in transit towards the top corner of that goal before it even hit his foot. Said it was like Prometheus stealing fire to give the humans stealing it from the gods. <laughs> because, mate, there is no way that someone who eats beans on toast before you're know, in training should eat, score that type of goal. You need to be Brazilian. Needs to be Spanish. Absolutely. Not you're not called John McGinn and score that scoring that goal. And there's no way you you don't expect that from a player who can't even who doesn't even have a have his own face in FIFA. <laughs> he will do now. I've oh, heard him now. Can I just say, can I just say as well, right? First of all, well done to John McGinn for 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 heart, bringing that to our attention. Embracing that. Right, and embracing it. Right, because John McGinn in my eyes scored two great goals this week. You know, firstly, firstly, obviously, with the with with the goal that he scored against Sheffield Wednesday it was fantastic. Secondly, the fact that he acknowledges his meme status, though, you know, like the 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 fact that he brought that to the club, and the fa- <laughs> the fact that the Aston Villa social media team 
then decided to um, to post it themselves. And then John McGinn scoring that goal and giving them the opportunity to repost that picture. I thought that was absolute charity for him. Nah, I think a lot of people saying that, you know, it's a shame we scored that goal in the match we lost, but you know, you're not going to remember that game down the line. You're going to remember that goal though, for real. Yeah, you're yeah, absolutely. If you were there, if you were there, for sure. No, even if you were watching it or you seen it, you're never going to forget the fact that Villa scored that goal. That goal is a goal Aston Villa scored. Man, mm. even, you know, even if you're catching it with the gifts and the highlights, you're not going to forget that. But we do have a match to speak about. We are playing on Friday, so we've only got the one match to preview today. Friday and, uh, night. Yeah, we're playing on Friday night. Mm. Great. Lee Johnson's uh, Bristol City. <laughs> Great, again. Away. <laughs> um, <laughs> This is a match that could... It, this is one of them ones where it goes anyway because Lee Johnson and Steve Bruce have had duels. You know, straight-up duels. You know, um, we've got the draws, we've got the, the wins, we've got the 5-1, we've got the comments. This is, this is a big one. This is a huge one for Steve Bruce. Big one for Aston Villa, but a huge one for Steve Bruce. It means more to him, surely, to win this match because if he doesn't, I do worry. Okay, so from a neutral... From a neutral perspective, there's no way we should be winning this match. From a neutral perspective, I look at this. Reckon. Well, I look at this team and I and I look I look at Villa and I and I think right, you know, they've been mediocre, absolutely mediocre. Uh, don't look like scoring goals. There's nothing exciting going on. Bristol City, on the other hand, you know, they 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 started the season incredibly well. Um, I believe that they went off they... the ball a bit like of late though, didn't they? They got no, no. They got hammered by West Brom and then beat by Wigan. You are right. You are right. Um, but you know, before that, you know, I, th- I don't, I don't know how many straight wins it was, but you know, they had the four-one win over Blackburn. You know, they did beat Sheffield Wednesday as well. They, they, they got a win over Swansea as well, which is, which, which is great. The game against against West Bromwich Albion. You know, let's not take too much away from them. Um, Bristol City did, in all fairness, have double the amount of attempts than than West Bromwich Albion. Their, their conversion rate was just absolutely woeful that day for whatever reason. Um, they, they, you know, they, they'll feel a little bit unlucky. Um, and let's also remember, let's also you know not forget the fact that they were three 0 down at halftime. Um, so they really did, uh, they really did do well to to score another couple of goals in that second half. The Wigan game, though, if we look at that again, Wigan have been pretty good this season. You know, they, they've they, been really good. They have been very good. You know, Nick Powell's been on fire. You know, Will Griggs been on fire. I mean, maybe you did expect this because Wigan and Blackburn. Our good sides, Blackburn have only lost one game all season. Wigan, they're matching, they're losing with their winning. They're win, you know, they're throwing punch for punch. So good to see. But uh, Bristol City have always been a decent side, and they've come back from a, such a horrible position a few seasons ago. With under Lee, Lee Johnson, I mean, it looks bad. It looks stupid. What he said after, you know, after the Villa game, that he thought, you know. Bristol City would kick on and Villa wouldn't. But Bristol City, Bristol City didn't kick on the rest of the season. They were gone after that game. Oh, New yeah, Year's yeah, Day, yeah, yeah. gone. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you see some of the Alan Partridge shit he comes out with. The, he, he sounds like David Brent sometimes on the training pitch. What, Lee Johnson? But he has got ideas. Yeah, he yeah, has got yeah, ideas. Yeah. He's, a, he's a good coach. And some of the players he's identified for Bristol City are incredible. Andy Wyman, amazing signing for him. Right, so amazing. Consider this, right? Andy Wyman has effectively blown Jonathan Codger out the water this season, hasn't he? Yeah. And that's 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 not good. 
also consider this with Wyman as well. <laughs> he's he's known as a forward who can sort of cover a lot of ground. You know, he he does run around a lot. Uh, you know, he's 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 very good at pressing in general. Um, when when he when he can be bothered, obviously. Uh, but he's also been chipping in with the goals, which is you know very very uh very very new. I'd say in terms of Andy Wyman's game. I think he's had the best start of the season, really, that uh, he's ever had. So, I think all I'm going to say is I think we need to be super, super careful on the on the counter attack with him. Uh, can I get a prediction from you in that case, then? You know, what, why don't you do it first today, man? I'm going to go for a one-one uh, Bristol City and Villa away on Friday. I don't know if it's televised, but I'm going to go for a one-one, and I think this could be. This possibly, and I don't quote me here. Mm. Villa don't win. It's Bruce's last game. No chance. Well, okay, I'm, I'll, I'll give my predict. I'll give my. I'll give my prediction, and then I want to know from you why you say that. Um, my prediction against Bristol City is that. Uh, well, I don't know. Let me think. I'm gonna go with a Bristol City two-one win. Ooh. Andy Wyman is 100% scoring against us. Bet on that. Bet on that. We don't encourage betting. <laughs> but that is a safe one. That is a safe one. Speaking of betting, um, at the Villa game in front of me, um, there was a bloke there, and he's not a season ticket holder or anything. He'd come down for the day. Mm. Um, the dude was on um, like the Bet365 app or Skybet or Unibet oh, yeah. on their app the entire game. Making bets and losing those bets and making more bets to make up for the one he lost. Oh, and his mates didn't say anything at all. Like no one said, "Yo, you're you're right." Ackers are a lie. <laughs> right, I'll tell you why they're a lie. Okay, you think that you're doing perfectly fine, right? It gets to the 85th minute of a game, and uh. Let me just explain why, right? You get to the 85th minute of a game and you've got a fantastic cash out, you know, uh, being offered to you. Um, But since, you know, there's only five minutes left to go, you think, right, five or six games over here, there's no chance that that something over here is going to cock up. But in the 90th or the 91st minute, Alan Hutton, gets absolutely skinned by somebody and we let a goal in. You've now lost perhaps a hundred quid worth of money because you were because you were lulled into such a, a false sense of of, um, of of security. And then that's basically your your weekend ruined. So um gambling's yeah, the devil. Deal with it. You don't want to deal with it, man. I've 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 put in the odd the odd acker. I've done it before. Yeah but it's all right. It's all right if you're if you're you know, if you're going to do it for fun, as in you're not going to get really upset if you lose or if you're constantly doing it. But it happens, kind of... you know, it happens. Like you, 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 you can be in the face of like a hundred quid, but then you want to hold out for that, for that little bit more. And then, you know, Alan Hutton uh, scores an own goal and, 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 and you're de- cash out, my friends. Cash out is your friend. Oh, my friends. Cash out, man. Because yeah, you might make a hundred quid, but still making 50 or even a tenner and bad. Gambling, no, gambling is the devil. Be careful, friends, because uh, it is the worst. It is probably the worst. One of the worst things emerging is the fact that 
so many, you know, kids are gambling as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's bad. Well, I, I think, I think if you're an adult and you're a responsible, and uh, you're a responsible adult, then that is, you know, obviously up to you. Um, however, I know we're going into like a totally different discussion, but this is actually a big talking point recently, and especially like this week. Well, it's all over Villa Park, isn't it? Villa's shirt is you. You referred to red. The training shirt is uni bit. Oh, I hate it. You know, you can't get away from it. I hate it. I hate it. Now, you know, talking politics, right? Obviously, like Labour have come out and and said that um, if they were to get into power. Uh, by the way, this isn't a this isn't a question of support. By the way, this is just what what they what they said this week that they would basically ban uh, gambling advertisements um, during during sporting events, and I think that's fair because like. It's. I think it's awful that you have one rule for the for for general broadcasting, and then another rule for um, you know, if you're if you're if you're if you're a kid at home watching a twelve thirty kickoff, and forty five minutes in, you know, obviously at halftime you're seeing a big face, uh, a big Neil Razor Ruddock face, for example, like shouting at you, telling you that you can win money. That gets implanted because you grow up watching football and you know you're hearing about betting all the time. That 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 stuff stays with a kid, and they'll end up they'll end up betting you know because it's just it's just then acknowledged as as part of the game um but i'd say you know i think the worst thing about about gambling when you think about it and again i'm not taking a stand or a stance point but um one of the things to consider is you may have won like a hundred quid but that hundred quid has come from or could well have come from somebody who's addicted to it and you know, throwing their throwing their money into the pot over there, so you know, there's there's, yeah. there's there's all these little things to consider. But it's not it shouldn't it shouldn't be plastered all over the games like it should like it is at the moment. Don't you agree, James? No, I fully agree. I think there's a there's a difference because there's there's one thing there's one thing called having a bet. Having a bet is fine. Gambling is a different thing. Gambling is when you're you're starting to have multiple bets, and those bets aren't just for the sake of it there to replace the money you've just lost. Mm. It gets dangerous. It gets really dangerous. And the amount of people you see, you know, down football constantly talking about, you know, the bets they've placed and constantly talking. And it's good that they're talking about it. You know, it's good that they're talking about it. Don't get me wrong. It's better to talk about it than to do it on your own as a secret, this, this dirty thing. But, um, the, you know, the amount of people that are just constantly checking their phone just and not, you know, not looking for notifications, but just hoping that the, the hackers come in. Just enjoy the game, man. Just yeah, you've got to enjoy the game. If the gambling helps you enjoy the game, that's fair. But you can't be the type of person who's looking at corners to come in or looking for yellow cars to come in. Yeah. Because it's just gonna it's gonna kill it's gonna kill your enjoyment of the game. It's gonna kill your wallet as well. What the heck is that, man? How can you be betting on it's bad, isn't it? how can you be betting on how many corners are taken in each half? So, so this isn't judgment, but it's like that's becoming it becomes something then. No, no, it's not. You know, it's not it, it becomes something of itself. It's not judgment. I mean, if if somebody can genuinely answer it for me, you know, how can you? How how? What would make you confident enough going into a game, knowing who's going to get yellow carded, or sorry, guessing who's going to get yellow carded, or guessing how many corners are going to be taken? I just, I mean, I just want to, I just want to know. Like, is there, is there a, is there a science behind it? I don't know, man. Maybe. Um, I think there was a brilliant article by Chris Nee, who, of course, used to run the Aston Villa Review podcast. Um, now over at Sphinx Football is, is where you can find his stuff. He wrote an article about like someone in the pub cheering because like, their bet come in. because they, they And not a goal, mate. It was uh, when the sixth corner had come in for a certain oh, team. Oh, fantastic. It's, you know, that's... The football is enough, isn't it, sometimes? The football is enough. It has to be enough. 
because then we go down these dangerous paths. No one's judging. It's just saying, if you're betting on corners to come in and you're putting all this stuff on, why aren't you betting on the results? You know, why aren't you betting on the quote-unquote normal things, I guess? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's because of all so. these like requester bets and stuff that, that come through. Um, but it's... It's. I think. I think people look at it and think, "Oh, yeah, this is this is something easy to, easy to consider." For you know, you think, "Oh, five corners each half. That's not that much, mate. It's not going to be twenty corners a game." Yeah, booking points and stuff. You know, um, some of the booking points because you, you know, hundred plus booking points just works out to be something like eleven yellow cards oh, it's and two reds. It's because people don't think, like. Yeah, exactly. If I think people people like look at it and think, "Oh, that Fabian Delph, he's a he's a naughty fella. He's going to get a yellow." You don't know that. You don't players don't pick up thirty six yellow cards a season, thirty eight yellow cards a season. Sorry, no, yeah, <laughs> you're, I mean. you're right. But yeah, I mean, more on a tangent, but I think it's very relevant, mate. I think it exceedingly relevant after what I saw on the weekend, and I, you know, I don't want to judge the bloke, but to go to the football and not spend all of your time watching the football and to be consuming, you know, this constantly gambling actually is that that seemed like a bit of an issue. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I still and. You know, constantly checking the phone just to see if the bets are coming. When these bets didn't come in, making new bets. I've more, I'm more, I've more cash. God, I still have this dream that one day, as an Aston Villa fan, we will get to see a charity represented on our shirt again. That'd that's, be very cool. I, that's that 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 is something you know I would love us to go back to one day. You know, as long as we're we're healthy as a club, um, and I would even say that you know, football, FIFA, and whatnot. They need to. Do you know what's funny? We've probably we've probably got we've probably been advertised, um, you know, by 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 betting companies and whatnot. You know, we have definitely. I'm yeah. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the adverts run for like Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Oh, both 100%. in the same podcast. hundred. Um, we can't choose what goes on on this, but I'm pretty sure betting adverts are all over this, and that's fine. It's just a constant, constant in your face during the football. Yeah. Anything you consume about football, it's there. That's it shouldn't it. be. That's it. That's it. Yeah, it's yeah. good to take their money, yeah. Fair play. But um you know, it comes to a point when you've got to realise is this damaging people? Damage Joey Barton, for instance. No. He seems fairly screwed on. And for all for all our US listeners who are thinking, what the hell is a sports bet? Um <laughs> I'm sorry that you had to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, I think we'll finish. Um we've got about five minutes left. I think we'll finish on a villa topic and that's the hashtag bruce out issue uh i don't really want to pull it like a brexit thing like there's two sides because there isn't two sides there is one side and that's you're an aston villa fan and you have an opinion mm. um but there are two sides there's a bruce in and bruce out this is crazy can't we just back the club why does the manager have to matter so much yeah exactly i'm not i'm not i'm, I'm not gonna be and after what he said i don't care i don't i don't care about him i really don't give two fucks about him anymore because of the things that he comes out with i ignore him He's a non. He's a non-entity, mate. Non-entity. You know do, do, do you know what? Like, end of the day, um, me saying I'm Bruce out or me saying I'm Bruce in, it just doesn't. It doesn't help anybody. Really. But there's people coming out the closet, like that. They're Bruce out. It's like no one. What? What? Those long tweets, like. Um, yeah, I have finally come to a decision, and I am <laughs> Bruce out. I can't. It's come on, you know. Come off it. I no offense, you know. I've just done that. I'm sorry that you've done that. Listen. The club, I mean, look. If you wanna, if you wanna, if you wanna go ahead, stage protests uh, at anything, you know, whatever. I mean, it's it's worked in the past, okay. But the club aren't reading your tweets, man. 
they, they're not reading it. They don't, you know, they're not scouring Twitter. They're busy. Suarez and, and Wes Edens, they're busy men, man. Also, Perslo, he's probably a busy guy. <laughs> yeah. Tony Zia might have I been mean, doing it. But, it, yeah. And there is, there is a large amount of people that want him out, but Twitter doesn't really reflect real life. And that's not me saying I want him in or want him out. I don't care. Villa win. I want him in. If Villa lose, I want him out. That's how it goes with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, it's fair um, to make criticisms. You can. You it's can, very fair. You can stand there. You can sit there and say, I feel that a different manager would be doing better with this squad. Fair enough. Yes. That's cool. You don't sit there and say, we need to sack Steve Bruce. I'm sorry, mate. We don't know the implications of any of that stuff. For example, you know, putting him aside for a second, how much would it cost? Do you sure the, the the club can afford it? You know, you know so. it's, it's stuff like that. I mean, no, but it's, it's stuff like that. Though. <laughs> we don't know all the details of these things. It's true. I think a lot of people did think he was going to get sacked, and I were expecting. You can't expect him to get sacked because what have we seen Villa do? He's keep, get they just get behind him. So they're only going to the only way he's going to get sacked is if Villa collapse, and if they collapse, promotion's done. But there is one thing that we can speculate about. Go on then. Jack Grealish signed his five-year contract today. It is customary when these contract signings happen to have a picture with your big body manager next year, shaking your hand as you both smile into the camera. Steve Bruce was nowhere to be seen. I th- I'm so glad you said that because I thought you were going to say it's customary to like cut your manager's head off and drink his blood or something crazy. I thought you was going to, because you, you went all dark. No. Your voice changed. That's not Where how is we... Not the way. I know. I thought you was going to go all dark because you, you started getting close and speaking serious. I was like, oh, here we go. He's going to say something absolutely <laughs> mental. But no, you didn't. Um, but yeah, Bruce, I, mate, I think uh, I think it's clear where we stand. I think we all, we all kind of want to see change at this point. But change isn't coming yet. At no. any point, is it? No, and I think I'd love to see Villa play on the front foot, and I'd love to see them progressively coach and manage where manager who doesn't lash out at fans. But that's that's the reality we're in. And hey, I don't think we're going to get the manager out unless you start staying at Villa Park and start chanting loudly against him. That's the way you'll get heard. They don't listen to you on social media anymore. Maybe Tony Jar did. Do you know what else we can do? What? Every time Neil Taylor gets on the pitch, cheer for him, man. Give him those cheers. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. I don't, I don't, I don't care like how badly he may have performed last season. You know, cheer for guys like Tanzibi. Cheer for guys like Neil Taylor. You know, you know. Make sure. I mean, if you're not happy with team selection, make sure Steve Bruce can hear. You know who we want on the pitch, because yeah. you know it's important. That's important. Oh yeah, that, that's the Bruce out thing kind of done. Clear where we want to go. Um, but yeah, I don't see any reason why it's not going to happen unless uh, Villa lose on Friday and uh, continue to lose because uh, certainly if they win he's not going anywhere but you you can't really want Villa to lose can you if, if you want Bruce out you have to hope Villa lose because that's the only way he's going you know what I mean I'm not saying that if you want him out <laughs> you want us to lose but hey it's a uh, it's a side effect isn't it but um, yeah I think that's about it for today man Um, how you feeling about all things going yeah. forward positive-ish yeah. no it's all good man yeah, definitely. I think, I, I think as positive as possible, haven't you? Really? Um, I'm not happy with recent performances, but uh, I'm hoping. I'm I'm still hoping 
that that we get kicking at some point. Right now, I'm not gonna kick up a huge fuss. I'm not happy at all, but I'm not gonna kick up a huge fuss. Um, but if we continue to make excuses, continue to leave Balassi and El Ghazi on the bench, yeah, um, I'm not so. I'm not quite sure how Steve Bruce will be able to explain the results to his seniors. Are you saying that the excuses may just run out eventually? At some point they have to. At some point they have to, because as much as I do believe that we're going for stability, I mean, as rumours would suggest today that that, that Perslow is um, looking to keep Bruce on because of that reason, um, then... At some point or another, management will look at the table and think, we're not going anywhere. We're, you know, we haven't got this whole cost slash results thing completely, you know, completely right. At some point, they will think that. It happens. There's always a cycle to these things. Fair play. I'm, yeah. Again, it's been a pleasure having you on. I think that's been one of my, the most enjoyable podcasts, actually. Uh, really? From yeah, that? I really enjoyed it. The tangent we went on, pretty cool. Yeah. Really enjoyed that, mate. But uh, yeah, I think we'll uh, see where our prediction goes in terms of Bristol City. Again, thanks, uh, Trevor says, for compiling those. Really appreciate it. The Excel spreadsheet is uh, is kicking. But uh, no, thank you very much, everyone who's uh, listened. And, mate, and listen, if you want to place a bet on who uh, is going to win the predictions, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on! It's you. It's you. You're, you already got a, a two-game lead, but um, we are we are taking bets. I, I am. Um, if you want to go to sponsor, <laughs> <laughs> you can find uh, me at Jemma Rushton. It's a uh, gambling-free zone, and uh, him at, at DHRaza. You know, yeah, gambr- gambling is haram, isn't it? Gambling is haram, man. Yeah, it's definitely not al- not allowed in my religion. Uh, yeah, it really is. That's why he doesn't do it. <laughs> I'm just yeah. saving face for you there mate um, but yeah if you like the podcast you know what, what to do uh, shout out shares we can do all, we can do all that and reviews but yeah find me at Gemma Rushton find him at DHRiser find us all together at 7500 to halt and we'll see you next week see you soon guys goodbye